So if you want to future proof your brand, in my opinion, right now, do anything you can to have systems in place to digitize as many customers as possible. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give Innovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Alonzo Castaneda, who is the VP of Brand Development and Strategy at Savory Restaurant Fund, which has incredible brands like Crack Shack, Mobetta, Swig, R&R Barbecue, and Via 313. His background includes running operations at Cafe Rio and Paradise Bakery Cafe. He is a strategist coach and overall just great guy. Uh, and who I just found out today is energized by rainy, cloudy, snowy days. So, <laughs> Alonzo, <That's> right? <laughs> thanks for joining us today on Give Innovation. <laughs> hey, thank you, Zach. I really appreciate that. Um, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> awesome. Well, you got to be the first guy I know that has radio voice, but still has a good looking face. <laughs> Good job, man. <laughs> oh, man. Alonzo, you're, you're buttering me up. Are, are you on my podcast or am I on yours? <laughs> so first of all, obviously, you've got a lot going on. I'd love to hear just like what, what are the things that keep you busiest right now? You're running all these, you've got all these brands that you're helping out in terms of, you know, uh, brand development and strategy. And you're, you're in a really interesting spot because you see a lot of things and you're really... Uh, you got your fingers in a lot of honey pots. Um, so what keeps someone like you busy? Oh man. Um, you know, everything you said, I love every minute of it. Um, right now we have, uh, five brands in our portfolio and they're all at different stages. Uh, there's a big growth year for us. Um, between all of the brands we have about between 45, 49 stores opening this year. So wow, that's keeping me a little busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and then of course with that, I mean, that growth just touches on uh, development of our management team and our marketing strategy and the customer experience. Um, you know, as brands hit certain stages, um, we got to think about uh, different ways that we are um, different avenues to bring in revenue to pay attention to different areas uh, where the customer is living and making sure that they're having a good experience anywhere they're touching the brand. So, and for those people who might not know the Savory Restaurant Fund, you guys find brands and really partner with them as young brands that have kind of, they've proven themselves, but they're very young, right? Maybe three, four locations typically? Yeah, yeah, anywhere from, anywhere from two to six or eight. Okay. And then um, you really partner with them to grow it to a uh, hundred plus locations. Yeah, we, um, we, we definitely partner with them. It's, it's a very unique approach. We, um, partner with the brands. We work shoulder to shoulder to set a good foundation first, 
if they have four units, we set a good foundation, put some good systems in place, and at the same time, uh, our development team is working hard on the construction side, finding new units as we're, you know, putting some uh, jet fuel on the engine with systems, and uh, and then we start scaling the brand, and uh, we. All of our brands, we grow a little correction there. We grow them to about anywhere between 35 and 50 locations, depending on the concept. Got it. Um, yeah. So, so our model is to add value to the brand, uh, have a proven concept uh, in multiple states, scale the brand, keep it profitable, make it an emerging concept, um, and then find the buyer that wants to take the brand and you know, grow it from 40 to 400. Got it. Got it. We're yeah, really it, good at building it. Yeah. And you guys, you guys are phenomenal at doing that and seeing how you've been able to work with different brands with different cultures. And even though they kind of come into the savory fund, they, they don't lose their soul, right? Like I, you guys have done a really good job at helping these brands stay true to their brand. Um, while giving them the the framework and the structure to really grow and expand. So uh, I, I think it's been cool to, to see because you go to different savory fund restaurants, you don't know, you don't know that they're different restaurants. It all just, it feels like its own brand. So good on you guys for that. Um, yeah. Um, you know, thank you for saying that because that is very important for us. One big piece uh, that we care so much about is that, uh, we will only partner with brands where the founder wants to partner with us and, and, and you know, truly uh, work with us. So we're building the brand together. Um, nothing wrong with the founder saying, no, I want to sell my brand 100%. I want to retire. That's fantastic. Um, but that's not our model. We yeah. want the culture they bring, the feel, the knowledge, because at the stage that we partner with them, uh, they're still very young, so we mm -hmm. need that. We need that knowledge to continue that culture and that feel. Yeah, absolutely. Now, a lot of people ask about all the things that have changed, right? And I think that you can write, you know, ten books and still be a few books shy of like things that have changed in the restaurant community during 2020. Mm -hmm. What I want to find out from your perspective of seeing these different brands at different stages. What hasn't changed? What do you feel like has remained um, re remained constant throughout this craziness we've called the last year and a half? Um, customer expectation. That that has stayed the same. Um, you know, they still want great service. They still want fast service. They still want high quality, um, and they care that um, you're you're not forgetting your basics and making a ton of mistakes in their orders, especially uh, for all of us as consumers. It's frustrating when the uh, off-premise business has increased so much. You know, that's one of the things that, that's the thing that changed the most probably is the, the volume of business that now is being consumed in home. Um, and if you're not careful with those mistakes you're making, it's nothing more frustrating than getting home with your favorite salad and they forgot the dressing. Oh yeah. Right. Or I remember one time wife was pregnant. She was in like, you know, uh, I think it was like a week before our first child was, was born. So she was home, didn't want to move. I went out and I got a, got us some salads. I brought it home 
And inside the salad was the like a plastic bag, right? And it was like oh. like a whole big plastic bag inside the salad. And it was like, how how did this even like get in there? And then second of all, it's like, wh- who do I who do I tell this to? You know, like I, it was just one of those like really frustrating moments. Um, and haven't been back since, right? It like left a really bad taste in my mouth. But I think it's one of those things where if I was in the store, someone would have solved it, right? Someone would have like fixed that problem and at least refunded the meal or got me a new thing or whatever. Um, but I think you're right. It's like, it's very frustrating when you lose control because it's not happening in our dining rooms. It's happening in their living rooms, right? Yeah. So so the customer expectation hasn't changed, it, but, but now they're leaving our, our restaurant right away. And so the, the chance of not being able to recover the guest when they're upset uh, is a lot more painful because they're minutes away, they're hungry, and if it's a busy night, they're not gonna come, wanna come back and mess with all that traffic and waiting and all of that so yeah that, that's a that's a great uh, that's a great point because yeah pe- people aren't more forgiving just because things have you know the venue has changed you know i think that's a, that's a great point to to still remember that a lot of times we could be like hey just like give me a break we're we're new to this but customers are like i don't care i still want my food and i want it fast good and with uh, service right yeah, it's like, well, no, you're not new because I've been coming to you for five years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right? <laughs> um, so, and, and getting an order right is, is one of the basics. So, um, we as restaurateurs always just have to be brilliant at the basics. If, if we do that alone, we, we can get some great success. Uh, love that. So, what do you feel like you know, in terms of, of the brands, what are some things that you feel like have been successful to work on future proofing your businesses, right? Just because a lot of the people, I mean, take Via 313, right? Great brand, but without, they, they can't necessarily afford an Alonzo full time, right? But it's great that when they, you know, partner and, and uh, when you guys invest, that they, they can afford like five. They can afford. <laughs> but so what is some strategy that you give to help future proof these brands that maybe don't have the capacity to to hire someone to run up strategy for them yeah you know i appreciate that question so much because um you you uh hear all these conversations about what can brands do what can brands do what did you guys do um the one thing that any restaurateur can do is set up systems in their store um and you know it can be any combination of of different systems as long as you have uh, a way to digitize your customer and identify them then you're going to be able to always target them always you know send them another offer always bring them back and vice versa they're going to be able to let you know if they're upset or if something's wrong, but you have to live with them digitally. So if you wanna future-proof your brand, in my opinion right now, do anything you can to have systems in place to digitize as many customers as possible. Do we want them to come in the store still? Of course, 100%. But 
you know, I'll go to my favorite restaurant three times and I'll order online two times. So mm -hmm. um, digitize them as much as you can so that you can continue having that uh, conversation both ways. Have a way for them to contact you too. Yeah, because it's so important to keep that dialogue open, right? I mean, Danny Meyer always talks about how hospitality is a dialogue and it's hard to have a dialogue when, you know, they, they're not there to talk to. Right. And yeah. so I think that, but having that digital footprint set up, what are the framework that you use to look at and evaluate technology to set up that, that digital, um, that digital touch with the customers? Um, you know, so you, you need to go about it several different ways, um, different customers, um, different demographics, uh, reach out to you in, in different channels, right? So, uh, you have to have a, a decent online ordering system so that customers can obviously place orders with you, um, online and that system should capture name, email, phone number, the basics, mm -hmm. uh, that system should also have, uh, somewhere on there that they can check mark and say, uh, want to receive future uh, you know, specials from us, even if you're not doing it right now and you're not planning to do it for the next two years, have that. So you start creating your database, you're building that digital footprint, right? Um, <clears throat> and, um, I'm not saying it because I'm talking to you, but, uh, you know, the back and forth conversation, uh, tools like ovation, where you have that digital table touch that the customers leave your store and they're frustrated, but they can, uh, use a text message, uh, scan a receipt and get a hold of the store and let them know about their experience. As long as they can let their frustration out some way, that moment, mm -hmm. uh, it's already a win. It's yes. already a win, right? And then loyalty, loyalty. I don't know if I want to say it's coming back, but loyalty is, is growing again. And there's, there's, uh, several loyalty programs. There's a few online ordering systems that are becoming omni-channel with online ordering and even marketing where it's, it's a full circle, right? And you understand the customer behavior based on their purchases. You can retarget them a uh, very different way to different cohorts. Um, if you have all of that, um, you can then start having those customers visit more frequent or increase their average check um, or send an offer so that they can give that to a friend and then build more customers. Yeah, I love that. Now, in terms of uh, different things that you've seen, is there anything that you've seen like, hey, this has worked really well across multiple brands? Any like um, strategies that, that you've implemented that you should say, hey, other restaurants, you should try this? Um, <clears throat> so one thing that I see is, uh, restaurants promoting third party on their website, mm. even, even though they have their own online ordering system and, and they're, you know, I get it when COVID hit and we were in the thick of it, it was survival mode, man. And it was yeah. like, throw everything at it, put it up. Um, but look at how you're taking revenue on your website. And if you're still on one of the third party platforms, keep it over there. Um, limit that menu a little bit so that some of the items are only on your website. 
Um, and then if you, if you do have links on your page for this third party, take it off. Now, some of those third party partners, they do have a great tool where you can offer delivery through them. They give you a flat fee and you can transfer that fee over to the customer or, mm-hmm. uh, or some of it. And now you're not paying a percentage, but you're still offering that, that delivery service. Yes. That's something that I feel is, uh, is giving them brownie points to those third party partners because it's a way for you to still use your own channels and uh, just use their drivers. They get the tip, but you don't pay you, 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 you don't pay a commission. You only pay them the flat fee that you can just give to the customer. Love and that. To tie to that, you add, you have to use social media to convert customers to your own online ordering uh, systems. It's, it's still not that expensive to do some paid marketing on social media, Facebook, Instagram, spend some, a little bit of money on there, boost some ads that drive customers to your website and have them ordered through your website and, uh, convert some of those over to your channel. So you avoid paying those fees. Love that Alonzo. So here are my key takeaways. Number one, I love that you said customer expectations has not changed. And I think that golden line there is be brilliant at the basics. I think that that is just one of those timeless pieces of advice is that it oftentimes is easy to forget amidst all the things that we're trying to do as, as restaurants. Number two, future-proof your brand by setting up systems in order to digitize your customers and retarget them. Number three, always collect contact information and permission, even if you're not using it right now. Make sure that you're building that database so you can use it in the future. Number four, please, we, we talk about this all the time. And as many times as we talk about it, it still pains me when I see the order DoorDash on a website or in the store. Like, don't, don't drive people, don't spend all that hard work to get people to your door, to get people to your site, and then pay 30% to someone else because of all the hard work that you've done. They're your customers, own them. And then lastly, I like that tactic. You know, use Facebook and Instagram to drive revenue, put some money into it, see how it goes, love that. Well, Alonzo, how do people find you, follow you online? I'm on LinkedIn. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Alonzo Castaneda. Savory Restaurant Fund. Uh, either one of those pages, you can find me. Awesome. Well, Alonzo, for helping distill some of the strategy you've used to navigate the murky waters of 2020 very successfully, today's ovation goes to you. Thanks for joining us today, man. Thank you. Happy to be here. Glad you're with us today, and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.